friends, welcome to Girls Like Sports, a podcast where we discuss topics like needlepoint, gardening, just kidding, we talk about sports. I mean, not to disparage needlepoint or gardening, I just have fat fingers and I kill plants, so I talk about sports. score the points. Funny story, I actually got a tank top with that saying on it, do the thing, score the points, from two separate people one Christmas, which either proves that no one knows that I like sports or that they really understand that I'm super sarcastic. I think it's probably the second. But I just wanted to start this podcast and talk about sports. I've wanted to do it for years. I took a class on podcasting 101. So if this podcast sucks, uh, blame that class that I took. So girls, let's talk about sports. to the radio station. I listen to talk radio in the morning on my way to work and sometimes I call in and and I always think gosh this has to be really important. I have to have a really good point. I'm going to let the other women listening down. I don't want these two guys to think that I'm dumb. I don't know what I'm talking about but honestly who cares? I'll tell you who doesn't care. Nine out of the ten dudes who call in to sports talk radio. They don't care. So what's my story? Why do I like sports? I mean, obviously, I'm a daddy's girl who adopted all of my dad's favorite teams. Actually, my dad really doesn't like sports. I grew up in a family that really wasn't into sports that much. They were into riding bikes, cycling. I mean, every once in a while, if a game came on, we would watch it. Kind of into baseball. I think I went to a couple iCubs games, but really my parents weren't that into sports. I remember watching Iowa State basketball with my grandparents, my dad's parents, hanging out at their house, sitting in front of their chairs, just watching, especially the women's teams, who were pretty good uh, when I was growing up, watching the women's team, even watching the men's team, hanging out with my grandparents, cheering for the teams. But other than just watching it, they didn't talk much about it. They weren't huge fans, but they didn't miss a game. And then my parents started to go on RAGRAI. And I don't know if you guys know anything about RAGRAI. So I'm here in Des Moines, Iowa. In Iowa, RAGRAI is a pretty big thing. It's uh, registers annual great bike ride across Iowa. So it's the local, the local newspaper and they put on this ride every year and you go from one side of the state to the other side of the state. You ride like 60 to sometimes 100 miles a day. You stop in some little town, spend the night with like thousands of other people. Most people shack up in a tent, hang out, drink, you know, really honestly you stop every like six miles for something to eat or drink. I Funny story about that. I went on Ragbri. I 
a couple years back and I called my mom crying like the very first day and I was like, this is just too hard. I wasn't prepared for these hills. She said, have you had a drink yet? Have you had a beer? I was like, mom, it's like 8.30 in the morning. She's like, yeah, it takes the edge off. And I was like, okay, I'll go get a beer. I mean, let's stop at the next small town and get a beer, see if it takes the edge off. But my parents did ragbri every year, um, and so I got to tag along every once in a while. It started in the burly, being dragged along in the back of this little uh, wagon, kind of, that you pull on the back of your bike. And they pulled me along about halfway, and then they'd switch and pull my brother along halfway. Uh, and then when I got old enough, I started to ride on the back of the tandem with my dad, a bicycle built for two. And I loved Ragbri, and even though I only went half the week, I, I made friends, and um, I I got mentors, and I had a certain mentor, Tim, who was really into volleyball, and so he taught me how to play volleyball, and it really came naturally. I, I mean, setting a volleyball is not an easy thing. You really have to have soft hands, and you have to have technique, and it came pretty easy to me, and, and serving overhand came fairly easy, and we worked hard, and we, we played often, but I found myself kind of excelling further than some of the other kids in elementary and middle school who were trying out for the same teams that I was. Uh, and then also growing up, my uncle Stan, my grandpa's brother, was a coach of one of the local softball high school teams. And so him and my grandpa had grown up playing softball. My grandpa had this sweet, like, underhand, behind the back, side hand throw that I always thought was really cool. But we would play catch, and um, they they really supported me and got me excited about playing softball. And then that kind of came naturally, and the pitching motion kind of came naturally. And I realized that I had a talent for sports. I had this hand-eye coordination that kind of made sports come fairly easy to me. And the motions of things like a pitch or a, a swing of a bat came pretty naturally. And, and that's when I kind of latched on to sports. And uh, my Aunt Deb was an all-state pitcher. She was amazing. And so my dad was pretty good at catching a softball. If you threw a ball at his head, he was probably going to catch it. So we spent many, many a day, night out in the backyard pitching. Um, I remember pitching for my uh, teams back in elementary school, and I was a fast pitcher, but I wasn't an accurate pitcher. Um, I uh, hit hit a lot of people, and I threw a lot of balls in the dirt, and I mean, every once in a while they'd close their eyes and swing just because it was coming by them so fast. And that's really what I kind of hoped for. And uh, I remember maybe like fifth or sixth grade, I was pitching for my elementary school team. And my best friend was in the, in the outfield doing um, cartwheels. And I just got pissed. And I was like, hey, stop doing cartwheels. And then she's yelling like, yeah, you suck at pitching. And we're like yelling back and forth at each other. Um, that was a dark time in our friendship, but we made it through. And uh, I didn't pitch for very long. I switched to first base. Um, I was kind of a big target. I was 5'9", pretty early on in middle school, high school. And so I liked first base. I could stretch pretty far. 
I liked hitting. I didn't like fielding. I didn't like when the ball bounced up on the ground. I don't know. I was just kind of afraid a little bit. And so I didn't make it that far. Um, I remember that I was trying out for ASA softball and I didn't make the first team. So they had an A and B team and I didn't make the cut and I was crushed because I really thought I was decent. Like I thought I was maybe top 20 of the people who had tried out really like give me a shot here. Um, but I, I didn't make the first cut. And so the next day I got a call and I remember honestly sitting in my parents' room and they had this little phone up there and my mom's like, oh, the phone's for you, Elisa. So I went up and I took the phone and I just remember them saying like, hey, uh, we want to make a third team. We want to make a C team. There were so many awesome girls that didn't make it onto A or B. We want to make a third team. Are you interested? And I was just shaking. Yeah, I'm interested. Like I love sports. I want to play. So they we made that third team team and it was called the killer whales so we were the Ames killer whales horrible name um, but I think that we got to pick it so that's pretty hilarious um, Ames killer whales and we weren't that great but I had so much fun and I remember just having like a knack for this like backhand digging it out of the dirt catch and our third baseman would throw it in the dirt and I just for some reason without even really having to look, could catch the ball. And I was like, sweet! Solidified my position on the C-team first base. And it was so much fun, and I loved it. And I also tried out for AAU basketball. So Ames hadn't had an AAU basketball team, uh, the town that I lived in. And so they, uh, they had boys' teams, but they didn't have a girls' team. So we had our tryouts at the middle school. And I went and I made the team, which was really cool and really awesome. And we practiced at State Gym in Ames, which is one of the facilities that the ISU basketball team used to play in way back in the day, like way back in the day. And so we practiced there and I took the bus there and I'd I'd get out of middle school and go get my Wendy's chicken nuggets and jump on the purple line and head over to state gym. Honestly, like now that I think about it, it really wasn't that far and I probably didn't need to take the bus, but I was just lazy as hell. So I took the bus over there. I had a bus pass. I might as well take the bus. So I took the bus over there and it was so fun. And I, I really made friends. I made friends that I still talk to to this day and uh, we weren't good <laughs> we weren't good I think uh, one game we had like one point and it was a free throw I mean obviously somebody's free throw I think it was mine that's the way that I tell the stories that it was mine but truth be told I could I could be embellishing that and maybe we had like five points or I'm pretty sure we just had one point it was my free throw this is my podcast this is my story it was me I was the hero we didn't get shut out so I also played uh, club volleyball, and um, I loved club volleyball, and it was so much fun because it really had that tie to Tim and to Ragbri, and I played club, and I thought I was pretty decent, but again, I, I didn't make the team my sophomore year. Um, the way that I kind of see it, it was tough because they wanted me to be a center, and I just, I didn't have any ups. I wasn't a jumper. I wasn't a hitter. 
I liked setting, but the setters were all real tiny. I loved digging. I loved being in the back row when that ball was just coming real fast. And I loved digging it up. And I kind of had a knack for being in the right place at the right time. But I just didn't have the body that they expected as like a back row specialist. And so since I I wasn't exactly what they wanted in that that middle hitter uh, position, I didn't make the team. But I loved volleyball, and so I asked to be the manager uh, of the of the varsity team, and they let me. And so I spent three years being the manager of the team, and we went to state a couple years, and it was just really fun. And and I got to hang out with some of the older girls, and they were really awesome, and they were really hard hitters. And it really made me a huge fan of numbers and statistics and um, writing down, you know, who had how many kills and then just analyzing that data. And I, I fell in love with those numbers and fell in love with kind of analyzing sports in that kind of way and thinking about sports as like a number game. So... That was kind of my sports career. I did have a brief stint as uh, in track, and I don't know where that came from. I just had an empty season and wanted to go out for track, or maybe, you know, the basketball team made me do track. I don't remember, but I threw discus, and I, I threw shot put, and the I was pretty good at shot put. I was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. I was pretty good at uh, discus and I just had the footwork down really well for that. Again, I just had natural hand-eye coordination. And so the footwork for discus is really unique. You uh, are kind of standing hip width apart and then you spin around and then you do a quick kind of shuffle ball change and then you whip that discus out uh, kind of pushing it with your hand on the top of the discus and you kind of push it with your pinky and your ring finger and flick your wrist and make it spin in a perfect uh, spiral. And I was pretty decent at that. And my coach was definitely a uh, shot put coach, which is just kind of a shuffle and twist. And so I ended up doing a lot of the spins and a lot of the footwork and researching that myself. And um, sometimes I kind of regret that. I kind of wish that I would have had a coach that really invested in me as a discus thrower. But I mean, where would I be now? The Olympics? Okay, actually, that would be super cool. So never mind. Yeah, I do. I regret it. And I'm pissed. No, I'm not. I'm pissed. I have a good life. Anyway, so that was kind of my my high school sports upbringing, my youth sports upbringing. I loved sports. I was obsessed with sports. I actually had latched on to the Cowboys, and really, like, no one knows why. Probably just because they were really good in the 90s when I was a little kid, but I was just in love with the Cowboys. I loved Deion Sanders. I loved Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman. I mean, those were my dudes. Like, I loved the Cowboys. I, I watched the games. My parents were just like, what is this child? Like, what is this? Where did this love for... NFL football come from. Very strange. Um, I had Cowboys bed sheets. I had a Cowboys nightlight. I had the starter jacket. That's right. I was a true fan. I had the starter jacket. Uh, actually, my mom 
uh, bought me, she was so kind, and she bought me this jersey that said Sanders on the back. It was blue. I opened it. She was just so pleased with herself, and I said, oh, Barry Sanders from the Lions. She said, no, no, that's Deion Sanders. He's the Cowboys. And I said, oh, no, it's kind of a lighter blue. This is Barry Sanders. Still a legit jersey. Loved the jersey, kept the jersey, wore the jersey, but it was not technically my team. I mean, bless her heart for trying. Bless my dad's heart for not really knowing either. But um, I had a sweet Barry Sanders jersey growing up. It was cool. Wore it with my starter jacket. I also was a big fan of Iowa State basketball when I was in high school, especially I loved Jake Sullivan. God, please let him not hear this podcast ever. I mean, if anyone knows him, don't tell him this. It's so embarrassing. But I was a huge Jake Sullivan fan. And my senior year uh, of high school, my basketball team at the senior dinner got every all of the seniors' gifts. And they got me a framed picture of Jake Sullivan. I mean, how embarrassing. But how delightful. A framed picture of my favorite Iowa State basketball player. I wonder where that is now. Uh, but a little embarrassing. But I love the basketball teams. I actually did have a brief WNBA dream. Uh, for a hot second, I thought that I was going to be a WNBA player. And all I really have to show for it is WNBA Barbie. And WNBA Barbie had this, like, arm that you kind of crank back, and it had a magnet on the hand. You stuck the magnetized basketball to it, and then you snapped a button in her back, and it just forward, just swung forward, and allegedly threw the ball in the hoop that it also came with. So that's really all I had for that. Probably like three months. I thought I was going to do that three months around Christmas and I got WNBA Barbie for Christmas. <laughs> so fast forward to college. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to major in. And uh, somebody said, well, what kind of hobbies do you have? And I was like, gosh, like I spend all my time like playing my four sports. I guess the only hobby that I have is I like to sew. Like, I've made a couple things before. My mom sewed, and I taught myself how to sew. Great. You can be a fashion design major. And I was like, yeah, sounds good. Like, sign me up. So my first couple days of college, I show up to class in, like, sweatpants, maybe jeans and a sweatshirt, because that's really all I ever wore. And, I mean, these girls are dressed to the nines. Like, high heels. High heels. I'm sorry, I was in tennis shoes, but these girls were wearing high heels, mini skirts. Some of them had Uggs. I mean, of course they had their little like fleece jackets, North Face, whatever. Looking great, and I looked like a slob. I stuck out like a sore thumb. My first, I know this is a podcast about sports, but this is a funny story. So my very first like fashion 101 class, we were supposed to make a a line. And I was like, I'm going to make a line for like 30 year old women who are pregnant and still want to go to work like business suits for pregnant women. And I was like, that's a great idea. Nobody's doing this. This is a great idea. 
And so I submitted it and I, you know, did the whole thing and submitted it and I got a horrible grade. And I swear our teacher was like 22. So our teacher comes up to me and she's like, honestly, that's just like not really realistic. First of all, 30 year olds are a little old to be having a baby. Second of all, when people have babies, they usually quit their job. And I was like, whoa, for real? Because I'm probably going to keep my job. Turns out I was 30 when I had my daughter. And I did not quit my job. And I found suits to wear to work. Because I I work at a fairly, like, you kind of have to dress up. Can't wear jeans and a t-shirt to my job. So, surprise, Fashion 101 professor with air quotes because I'm pretty sure she wasn't like a legit professor uh I could have used that but it was it was a blessing in disguise so I I realized that that really wasn't for me after one semester I was working at the rec at the gym on campus and um I was just looking for another another major and so Everyone stood up in the first day of the second semester, and I just listened. I said, what are these other, like, people who are working at the gym with me doing? Sport management, sport management, sport management, sport management, graphic design, architecture, engineering, sport management, sport management. And I was like, dang, I didn't know that you could study sports. Obviously, that's my hobby. Like, I spend all my time doing sports, watching sports, thinking about sports. Like, why did no one say, uh, yeah, Lisa, sometimes you wear uh, clothes, but they're not nice. Maybe you should not go into fashion design. Turn 180. 180. <laughs> go into sport management. And at the time, it was health and human performance slash sport management. By the time I finally graduated, it was, uh, I got to pick if I wanted to be kinesiology or health and human performance. I chose kinesiology because I thought it sounded a little more fancy, I guess. Health and human performance was a little too descriptive for me. I wanted to just be vague. I just wanted to be like an ology. So people thought that I was sciencey. So I was kinesiology slash sport management. I was actually the last class of people who graduated in sport management. I literally studied sports, uh, which makes me, I mean, exactly the person who should be doing this sports podcast because I'm a sports genius. I know everything about sports. Just kidding. I just really like them. Uh, but I remember in college also, like, just going to all the ISU basketball games, ISU football games. Dude, we went to ISU hockey games. There was a hockey club. There was a really sweet chant that said like, hey, number 11, your mom said you suck. Something like that. But like, it was my favorite chant. We said it a lot to number 11. But I also watched the March Madness was a huge time for us. We watched the NCAA tournaments in my friend's basement. They set up like a ton of TVs just in their basement. I knew I could just go over there, just sit there and 
watch games. I'm sure like those couple weeks I got really bad grades, but it was so much fun just hanging out in their basement, watching games, watching every single solitary team playing, like multiple teams at a time. I actually uh, now work at an arena that gets the NCAA tournaments every once in a while, so we're about to get it again this March. And uh, we already got it a couple years ago. And so it was kind of cool just to see that come full circle. Like now I'm working at a place that has the NCAA tournament that I watched in my friend's basement in college. That's super cool. So after college, I moved out to Chicago and um, I was going to work at uh, Bali Total Fitness, but that just didn't work out. Some weird things happened, and I just felt like, you know, this is not the path for me. So I um, went to, I just like couch surfed on my friend's couch for a while until I went to a job fair and got a job in horse racing. So random. I'd never worked in horse racing before, but I actually really like it. It's cool. Like, again, the numbers thing, like handicapping for, for horse racing is actually pretty legit. It's cool looking at their past performances and how they did and kind of crunching the numbers. You know, how did they do when they were in, like, coming out of the gate closest to the inside versus the outside? You know, how did they do on a sloppy terrain, like sloppy track? How did they do on the grass? You know, are they going to be on the turf this time? It was really interesting to me, and I, I kind of fell in love with horse racing. Still really enjoy watching it. Um, definitely watch the, the big ones, the Triple Crown. But when I lived in Chicago, I enjoyed the teams. I liked I liked watching the Cubs because everyone else did. I liked watching the Bears because everyone else did. But it was like, it wasn't really, it wasn't really welcoming to become a fan. It was like, well, if your grandpa's grandpa's grandpa wasn't like a ticket holder, season ticket holder back in the day, are you really a fan? And so I just, I just never really latched on. I lived there for two years. I just never really latched on to any of the local teams there. They just didn't excite me. And to be honest, I was an Iowa State football fan and I really just didn't need another like mediocre team that's going to break my heart and I just I just couldn't get excited about the Cubs having basically like never won the World Series in my lifetime. Now they have. Yep, broke the curse whatever. Still just I just couldn't get into them. So so living in Chicago, I just kind of kept my teams. I kept my Iowa State football. I, I watched sports when they were on TV just because I loved them. Uh, and then walked this lovely lady I like to call New Orleans. So after two years of living in Chicago and, and only working seasonally, working in the summer, I decided to move to New Orleans. Uh, and I got a job at a horse track there. It was kind of our sister track. And I just called and I said, what do you got for me? You got a job? Because I had heard some rumblings that some people were going to go out there. And I was like, bro, let me like call out there before everybody else gets the guts up to call out there and just ask for a job because I'm a little bit bold like that sometimes. So I just called and I, I asked for a job and they interviewed me and I got a job as a guest services supervisor there and it ended up being a pretty legit job. Like I had a, I had a pretty good job moving out there. 
And so I supervise like ticket sales, program sales, guest services. Um, just had a super fun time in New Orleans. It's one of my very favorite, favorite cities. If you've never been out there, drop everything you're doing. Go to Priceline or Kayak or whatever. Book a flight. Drive if you're close enough. Go to New Orleans. It's amazing. It's like you're in another country. You can take your drink to go. You can go through a drive through and get a daiquiri. They have like 60 different kinds of daiquiris. Just spinning. Just spinning in those beautiful little slushy machines at the store. And you go in and you can fill it up. As long as you don't put the straw in, it's all good. Just put it in your car. Take it home. Like, they're, they're so relaxed. So relaxed about drinking out there. If you don't finish your beer, well, here's a plastic cup. Just take it to go. Take your beer to go. That's legit. That's fun. So I love New Orleans so much. And, and it was just such a welcoming city. Like, the people were so welcoming. I'll admit, when I first moved there, I didn't, I could not understand anything anybody was saying. It sounded like they were talking with marbles in their mouth. I just didn't understand them. But after two, honestly, after like a month, I felt like I was kind of talking like them a little bit, a little bit, but I, I understood them. Another funny thing that about New Orleans is that if you get invited to a potluck uh, in New Orleans, it's a good chance that just everybody's buying sides from Popeye's and the person throwing it is going to show up with the, with the chicken and you're expected to bring a side. And <laughs> I did not know that. I made a I made a little side to bring with me, and everyone said, uh, "Yeah, you were supposed to bring like rice and beans or something from Popeyes." My bad. I never made that mistake. <laughs> and I made sure to check and see what my specific uh, side from Popeyes was the next time that we had one of those potlucks. Uh, but I love New Orleans, and I was actually there for Mardi Gras. Which was super fun. But what was more fun, more fun than Mardi Gras, was that I was there when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Whoa. I just got goosebumps. So it was more fun on Bourbon Street when the Saints won the Super Bowl because everyone was hugging. Like, let me tell you something about Mardi Gras. You're out there, and if you're in somebody's way of, like, Catching some beads, getting their drink, seeing somebody topless. If you're in somebody's way, like, you're going to get body checked. You're going to get thrown up on. Like, if you're out there for Mardi Gras, you can only move in one direction, and that's direct the direction everyone wants to take you. And it's not, it's fun, but it's hostile. It's hostile because people are partying hard and they're just worried about having fun themselves. They're not worried about you. After the Saints won the Super Bowl, so we were down on Frenchman Street watching it. Somebody had this huge inflatable projector watching the Saints win the freaking Super Bowl. And we're on Frenchman Streets and we're like, yeah, we gotta go down to Bourbon and, like, see how crazy it is. And so we, you know, throw our, put our beer in our to-go cup and walk down to Bourbon Street. 
and everyone's high-fiving, everyone's hugging, and it's like everyone just loves each other, especially if you're wearing Saints gear. Everyone's just loving on each other and hugging on each other and high-fiving and who datting and like it's just the coolest thing. It's just a love fest down there. Also, couldn't could only move the direction that the crowd wanted you to go, but it was cool because everyone else around you was like, "Here, drink some of my drink. Like, here, have some of my muffaletta. Like, I've beignets. Eat some." It was just cool, and everybody was happy and wanted to share it with everybody else. And so that's that's why I think that it was cooler in New Orleans when the Saints won the Super Bowl than it was for Mardi Gras. But everything about New Orleans was amazing, but I just got tired of it. I gained too much weight. I drank, drank too many daiquiris, as we called them. Too many daiquiris. So I ended up moving, moving back to Iowa. I, I tried to get a job in Chicago, tried to get a job here. Ended up working in sports media, or not sports media, just working at a, at a TV station. And I worked with a, a late night uh, late night sports show. I don't know if you guys know Sound Off. I'm dropping some names here. Uh, but if you live in the Des Moines area, you probably know Sound Off. So I worked a lot with them and I got their, uh, their live stream up and working. I was doing a live chat. Like I was living the life. I mean, talking about sports, having so much fun. And eventually, um, I, I switched jobs about six and a half years ago and I now work at an arena here in town where we have sports. We have concerts, we have family events, we have sports, we have teams. We had, uh, I was just talking to my husband about this just a couple minutes ago. We had an NBA preseason game. We had the freaking Warriors, like right as they were about to take off as being this like mega franchise, like unbeatable. Uh, they played the Nuggets. So that was just really cool. That was one of my very favorite things. And I don't know if anybody else would say that that was their favorite thing that we've ever had. But that was definitely one of my favorite things uh, that we've ever had. Uh, so my teams, Iowa State, everything. Iowa State, everything. The Saints, this year was a heartbreaker. Honestly, last year was a heartbreaker. But like... I, I like our trajectory. I like the direction that we're going. I like the Saints. I, I like the city. I like <clears throat> just kind of the the narrative of rising from the ashes like a phoenix after Katrina. Like, it's so, it's so grand. It's so cool. And everyone just loves each other there. And I just, I just love the city and, and I'm a fan. As far as like Major League Baseball goes, NBA, I'm kind of a free agent. I'm just a fan of watching. My husband loves a couple teams and I watch them with him. If there's a baseball game on, I'm just going to turn to it. My daughter loves baseball. Watch baseball. Watch baseball. She says it all the time. Still, we have to explain to her, like, okay, spring training's starting. Lucky. You're lucky spring training is starting because she loves watching baseball. But I just like turning on baseball. I love going to the baseball games, iCubs game. Man, I show up with my uh, with my glove and look like a damn fool. But I show up with my glove because if the ball comes near me and I catch it, I'm going to feel like the coolest person ever. But I'm, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of sports. We were watching golf today. I'm a fan of golf. I mean, I'm a fan of, not a huge fan of hockey, but we were just watching the, the stadium series upstairs today. 
and it was fun. I, I just like sports. I like competitiveness. I like seeing the athletes get excited. I, I like seeing the underdog win. I like sometimes seeing the uh, favorite win. It's cool. I like sports. And so I, I just wanted to start this podcast as kind of a place where women could come to talk about sports, to listen about sports, in a place where we weren't going to be like mansplained. Where no one was going to come around, and, and this is legit, this is literally something somebody has said to me. Nobody's going to come around to this podcast and say, well, if you can't name 14 defensive players on your favorite uh, NFL team, you're not actually a fan. Like, you're a fan if you like the team and you like to watch it. And that that's it. If you like to watch sports and you've decided that you have a favorite team, then gosh darn it, you're a fan. And I'm a fan of sports, and that's okay, and I'm going to talk about it, and I'm probably going to say stupid things. Women could come and talk about it. I, I'm going to have a couple segments where we're just going to talk about successful women in sports. We're going to celebrate women who are just kicking butt in sports. And, I mean, Serena Williams comes to mind. Shout out to Serena Williams. If you ever listen to this podcast, I'll just die. But I just want to talk about amazing, successful women doing the best and fighting for recognition. And I want to be a place where men can say, I want my daughter to listen to your podcast because I want her to grow up loving sports because sports are awesome and, and sports are a community. And so that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a community for women and men. If you, if you guys want to listen in, that's awesome. There's absolutely a place at the table here for men as well. Um, but I, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to take a seat away from the women just for the men, if you know what I mean. This place is going to be for women to talk about sports, to get excited about sports and to not feel like there's risk of sounding dumb. You can come on here and not to know the names of any of the players that you're talking about. You can come onto my podcast if you want. You can write a review if you want and say, hey, that one team that wears purple, I just love what they're doing. They're playing this defense that's like 2-1-2, two, two, and I just really like how they trap the player that has the long hair once he goes over half court. Cool. You know what? I totally know what you're talking about. And that's awesome, and I love that too. And I think that's a cool play, and let's talk about that, and let's talk about why that's successful, and why that's a, a good idea to do that. So that's what this is, and I hope that you guys are excited to hear about it. I hope that um, my history, my herstory, my sports herstory, it was interesting to you. And, um, I mean, if you have a, a baseball or NBA team that, that you think I should be a fan of, send it over. Maybe I can be drafted to that team, to fandom of that team. Uh, but thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, I'm going to hopefully have uh, some guests on next time to talk about what it's like being women who love sports, being women who work in sports. So look forward to that. I just really want to thank you guys for listening.